Good morning. One of the things I do is I train people at work. I train new hires, and I continually train throughout the year. Most of our people get 50 hours of training a year. The most difficult people to train are the ones that have been there the longest because they know. They know. But I'm going to talk about a subject today, and when I mentioned it, it was very challenging for me, not because it's a difficult subject, because the seed is good, it's the soil, I know, because when you hear a subject over and over again, you know. But when you come to God and say, I know, you walk away not knowing. And when you say, I know, you cut yourself off to further revelation. The scribes and Pharisees stood before Jesus, and they knew, but standing before the very embodiment of God, they didn't know. They missed him. One hand away and one touch away, they miss God. And we can do that if we think we know. We don't know. Uh, just recently, I'm just resetting my life, and I'm coming to God as, God, I know nothing. Uh, John, you know a lot. Well, you're comparing me maybe to yourself or to other people, but compared to God, I know nothing. It's not that I don't know Jesus is my Savior and that I'm born again. It's, this is not about salvation. It is compared to God when you come before him and say, I know nothing. That's very childlike. And God wants us to come to him childlike, not childish. Because today I'm going to talk about the word. And as soon as I mention that, you go, that's, we know it's important. And I really feel like when I was preparing this message, it hit me. It just hit me that this is really the third of, you know, you talk about the fundamentals. You talk about worship, prayer, and the word. And I'm not saying those are the only ones, but you'll hear it mentioned many times. And many times they'll give the word as a part in a list. But today I'm going to focus on the word. Last October, I taught a two-week series on worship. So I wasn't planning to do worship, prayer, and the Word, but that's the way it worked out. And then other people taught, and I taught on other subjects, and then I taught on prayer, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I talked about, I almost don't want to mention the word prayer, because when I say prayer, instantly people think ask, and really it's listen. It's listen. When you stand before Jesus, you need to listen. And Mary was sitting at his feet, and the Bible says she listened to his words. See, lots of people came to Jesus with questions and tried to trick him and wanted him to do stuff, but we need to come to him and listen. When you listen, you will find out you have a purpose and a destiny. When you listen, you'll find out you're a son, not a daughter. When you listen, you'll find out it's not what mom said or dad said. It's what the creator of the world said before you were even born. It's what he says. So we need to listen. So today I'm going to talk about the word. And before I do, I want to be real clear about that. When we talk about the word, see, a lot of people exalt, a lot of individuals and religions and denominations exalt a book. They say we need to get in the word. When you See, I love prophecy. I love prophecy. I went to a meeting, I don't know, some months ago, and there was a man standing in line. He was prophesying over people. I got out of line, and I sat right here just to listen to the prophecies, over 200. I didn't go, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, I need a word. I just wanted to listen to prophecy because it, it reveals the heart of God. I love prophecy, and I love those things, but it's not over this word. But when I say this word, it's not disattached from God because I know a lot of, when I started studying this, I was like, wow, you know, We've all heard, you know, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Greek. The New Testament was written in Greek. So they didn't use English words. They used Greek words were far more specific than English. You know, we love cookies. and You love your wife. I mean, here, Kirk, he's on the preaching team. He loves cookies and loves his wife. But if he was speaking in English, he would say that. But in Greek, he would use two different words. So when we say the word, there's logos and rhema. And we've all heard logos is the written, rhema is the revealed. But I started doing a study on that, and I found out simply that's not true. That's a, that, that, that's a low-level definition. Here's why. I want to read you some things. Now, in John 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, in Greek, it says, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Before there was one human being to write one word, there was the Logos, so when we come to this word, and that the Logos is the complete, full, living word of God. 
And when you come to the written word of God, the only way you're going to receive rhema is from the living word of God. And if you disattach yourself, because they'll say, we need to get in the word, we need to get in the word. And I, and I say to them, I agree, we need to get to the word. What does it say? See, it's not just we elevate a book. We exalt God. So when I talk about the word today, I'm not talking about just re- reading written scripture. I'm talking about going to the living Logos and receiving from the written scripture. See, we need to be like children again going, I know nothing, teach me. I was not raised a Christian. I got saved when I was 13. My dad did not like the fact that I was a Christian, but I had a heavenly father who gave me a destiny who did not ask my dad what he called me to do. And so I got saved, and I was in the eighth grade, and my friend, Kevin Coons, his name was Kevin, goes, John, you want to come to the Mormon church? I said, I don't know, Kevin. What do you guys believe? He goes, I don't know. I go, he didn't know. Now, you got to understand, it was a fun church. I knew my friends that went to that church that weren't even Mormons because they went camping, skiing. I, I, I lived in California at the time. It's a very wealthy church. And so, but I didn't care what was the word say. See, but I was in the eighth grade. So I went to the word. This is before Google. I'm older than a lot of people think. I was a, before Google and all this. So I went to God and God, I went to God not trying to be childlike. I was childlike. God, show me your word. And so he, he reminded me instantly. I remembered, oh, I heard that they say God is flesh. And so I looked in the back because I didn't have Google, and the Bible says, Jesus, Jesus said, God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And then Jesus later said in another gospel, a spirit does not have flesh and bones. And I closed it and said, that's enough for me. See, so I went back the next day. I says, Kevin, I'm not, I can't go to your church. You said God is flesh. Joseph Smith, your founder, the one who said God is, has flesh and bones. He says, as, as man is, God once was. And as God is, man can be. See, but you got to understand, why did I, I said, Kevin, you're in a cult. And all the, and all the kids around him go, ha, ah, Kevin's in a cult, Kevin's in a cult. <laughs> they did not know the difference between a cult and a pizza. But I want to ask you guys a question. How is it that an eighth grader avoided being deceived while people with PhDs by the millions, by the millions, millions of people have followed Joseph Smith and are in hell with eternity because they're lost, because they said Jesus is not God. How is it that an eighth grader, God revealed that to an eighth grader, but people with PhDs went to their church and was deceived? And the reason is because I went to the Logos and I talked to the Logos. See, we need to come to this word again and say, God, I know nothing. Show me. All your teachings, all your trainings, all your seminars, all your podcasts, I'm saying to you today, there's more. And so when I started this sermon, I started talking about worship and then prayer and the word. Friends, listen. The reason we are word people, the reason we go to other nations is because we're word people. Go to all nations and make disciples. The reason we lay hands on the sick is because we're word people. Lay hands on the sick. The reasons we cast out demons and pray in tongues is because we're word people. These signs will follow them that believe. So it's time we go back to the word, but we must go childlike, not childish. Childish is I want my way. And there's people that come to the word and they want their way. I want this relationship. I want this lifestyle. So I'm going to make this say what I want. And this becomes your God. And it's no different than taking gold and silver and bowing down to it. They take their own doctrines, they bow down to it, and they worship a God that does not exist. 
there is no Jesus of the Mormon church. He does not exist. There's no Jesus of the Jehovah Witness church. He does not exist. Before there was even one written word, there was the living Logos, and that was Jesus. So when I say Logos, I'm not just saying the written word. I'm saying the complete word of God. And the only way you get rhema is from the living Logos. You do not get rhema from your knowledge and your wisdom and your professors. You get rhema from the living. So I, I'm doing a reset. I'm going back and say, God, I know nothing. Show me again in your word. Like when I was in the eighth grade. Because, friends, listen, it's not just about not being deceived from the Mormon church. It's about being deceived to know who you really are. Do you know who you really are? Do you go to the living Logos? Because he knows all things. He knows why it was written. So there's Jesus, the living Logos. So it's not just the written word. When I say Logos, I'm not just saying the written word. Because if you were standing before Jesus, Logos, it wasn't a word in English. It was, would you say it's just a written word? No, you would not. You would fall down and say, teach me, show me. Lord, I want to know you more. And instantly you would know more. We need another revelation of the living Logos so we can get in this Logos. And I'm afraid as spirit-filled people sometimes will go to the seminars and the prophecies, and I love prophecies and all these things, and we discount this. And we make our own God from this. Now, one thing God did not tell me, he did not say, John, how do you feel about Kevin? What do you think about Kevin? He didn't care how I felt about it. We, we feel things for people. They're nice people. The, they were so nice. His dad was way nicer than my dad. I went over there one day, and they're working on a car, and he didn't throw tools. Now, my dad threw tools, and he got angry. You know, he received Christ right before he died. So, But he, he would throw tools and get angry. And when I was sitting there, I was like, man, I thought all dads threw tools and cussed. You know, like, so his dad was nice. The church was nice. They did activities. They were nice people. God did not ask me, John, do you think they're nice? Would you like to join a nice group? He showed me in this because I went to the living Logos. So when we read this word, we must come humbly and childlike. If you think you already know, you don't. Just because you marked a scripture, that's not the only way to see it. You need to come again to the living Logos and let him show you again what the written says. That's why I don't write in my Bible because I can read it again and again and again. He can show me many things and the substance is the same like a diamond. Because he's a living Logos, before there was one written word, he was it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Before there was one written Word, there was the living Logos. So do not think, just because someone taught, and we've heard it, it's just the written Word, and Ramah's the revealed Word. Friends, that is not correct. When I did this study, I was blown away. That's what happens when you just believe people, good people, nice people. You need to do your own study. When Paul would preach, he would commend the Brians because he says, you go and check the Scripture. It's time we went and checked the Scripture. Just because you went to heaven, just because you said you went to heaven and you have a healing gift, no, I don't believe it because it doesn't line up with this. See, we, we exalt gifted people, and because people are gifted, we believe everything they say. It's time we sat again at the feet of Jesus and listen. So worship, prayer, and the word. And so I'm glad God didn't do it in Sneaky because if I said I was doing a series on worship, prayer, and the word, instantly people would say, we know. It's true. What new thing could you say, John, about worship, prayer, and the word? Friends, we need to go back to those three things. It's not the only things. In Revelation, I'll give you another word. It's another scripture. It says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Logos of God. That's what it says in the Greek. So when you say Logos, no, it's Jesus. And when I come to this word, I'm coming to Jesus. This word detached from Jesus is just words on a page. We do not exalt a book. 
There, there's no Bible translation that's perfect. His word is perfect, but when they translate the Bible, they miss things. But when I come to Jesus, I don't have to miss anything. See, the scribes and Pharisees knew great portions of Scripture, and there they are with their scrolls, and they could repeat great portions of Scripture. But when the living Logos was there, they missed him. How could they be? And see, Jesus says, like little children, we must come to him. I think it's, again, that we need to set a reset and say, God, it's not that I'm exalting a book. I'm exalting you. Show me again afresh and new what you have to say to me. Because I, I, uh, my favorite birthday party I ever went to was when I was a kid— Many, many years ago, I went to this birthday party, and this mom had this map. We go in, there's like seven of us. I'd never forget it. She had this map. It was a treasure map. And on the map was marked different spots. So she had little clues. So we all went, you know, all the little kids went, and then on this spot. And there was gifts for everybody. Her son, there was a birthday boy, and he, there was gifts for everybody. And then we went to this spot, and there was gifts, and this. It was so cool because we had gifts. It was so exciting. Now, we, I could still be looking at that map today. So when I say get in the word, I say, yeah, we need to get in the word. What does it say? It says we'll speak in tongues. We'll go to the, so what does it say? But when we started looking at the map and I started going all those things, it's just like this. This is like a treasure map. You can open it up, but you need to go. There's things that are marked for you on treasures. And because I was with the son, I got it. Because you're with the son of God, you receive things. See, it's because I was with her son. She planned that for her son, but because I was with the son. Friends, when you're not connected to Jesus, this is dry. Cults get started. That's how David Koresh and Heaven's Gate and Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses. This book, without connection to the living Logos, is just words on a page that will deceive you. People are afraid to read Revelation. I'm not afraid to read Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I read Revelation, let me tell you what I see. It's not about the Antichrist, not about this. When I see Revelation, what I see is God is in control. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus revealed. John saw him one way on the earth. He saw him another way in heaven. There was no veil. It's time we see Jesus. The Bible says we will know him as we are fully known. God knows you fully. We know him partly. Do not think you know everything. It's like we look one sand on your whole life. You can look one sand on the seashore. And we go, I know God. And all these other granules you haven't even looked at. That's why maturity, you can learn from anybody. See, maturity is not pointing out what things are wrong. I'm not talking about cults. and I'm talking about, I could go and listen to somebody that's been saved for two months and receive. God has spoken to me through sinners. Oh, I know more than they. And the scribes and Pharisees said that about the blind man. You were born in sin. Well, so were you. But they didn't talk about that. You were born in sin. You teach us, get out. See, when Jesus came, the living word, they had the, the written word, and they go, this is what our God, and they missed it. See, we don't want to be like that. We need to look at this afresh again, and some of your religious cows need to die. It's okay, we'll make hamburger. So here it was, the treasure map. So you can look at the Bible. You can read the Bible. You can go to the Bible and say, oh, I, I don't get nothing new. But when you go by faith, See, like, I don't receive anything from the Bible. There's many times I read the Bible and walk away going, I didn't really get anything, you know. But I go by faith. I don't quit going. I, Jesus, I sit at your feet again. Show me again that scripture. I mean, I, I, I'll read a scripture and it's like, whoa, I didn't see that before. Why? Because the living Logos has shown me the written, log, written word and it becomes rhema to me. There is no rhema without him. If you look at the word Logos and how rhema is used, Logos is used over 300 times. Rhema is used 60 times. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that in the New Testament. So we follow the treasure map, and so there's things along the way. On that birthday party, there just wasn't things at the end. And each spot, there was a treasure. Every time I read this word, I can receive treasure. It's not just when I get to heaven at the end. At the end, there's the greatest. I will know him as I am known. 
Jesus says, this is eternal life, that you may know God, the true. See, we think eternal life is living forever, but Jesus described it, eternal life is knowing him. And he told the scribes and the Pharisees, you come to this thinking you have the life, but they point to me, but you're not willing to come to me. So, Lord, I thank you that we are willing to come to you when we read this, not our doctrine, not our denomination, not what mom said, not what dad said. We're willing to come to you, Lord. When we read this, we're willing to come to you and sit at your feet again and listen. So let me tie this up. How do we worship prayer and the word, the three basics? And if I was doing a seminar and you had prophecy, it would be filled. And if I was doing worship prayer and the word, we might have three people because they couldn't get in personal prophecy. Friend, the only reason we have prophecy is because of the living Logos. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And prophecy reveals his word. It's not, oh, I just want to know what I'm called to do. No, I want to know him. And when I hear his words, then I get to know his heart. That's why I sat in that chair and I listened to those words because it reflected the heart of God. True prophecy reflects his heart. See, it's not just what am I supposed to do? No, who are you? Yep, it's part of it. So I want to read a story about Absalom. And I was reading this the other day. I was just reading the word. I don't read the word to... For sermons, I've never read the word for a sermon. That's not why I read the word. I don't read the word to back up a sermon or a message. When you can study the word, and yes, when you get a message, but it's to know him. And we need to go back to knowing him. You don't know him as well as you can. You can be saved for 67 years. There's more to Jesus than you know. There was 12 disciples, and one was the closest. You can be close to Jesus as you want. But here's one of the reasons why. Now, I want to read a scripture. It says, so after it happened, this is Absalom, David's son. It says, now, after this happened, that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now, Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for decision that Absalom would call to him and say, what city are you from? So notice, I'm going to teach as we read. Notice that he was along next to the way. Jesus is the way. So here's Absalom next to the way. And he exalted himself next to the way to draw people away from the way. So as you go into worship and as you go into prayer and as you go into read the word, what is your Absalom that's driving you from the king? See, some of you, it's distractions. It's not sin. It's distractions. It's other people's voices. And you're going to worship. You're going to read the word. You're going to prayer. And it's distractions. It's your phone. It's what this person says. It Worry says, come here, sit with me. So there's Absalom next to the way. So they're next to Jesus, and he rose early, the Bible says. And so it doesn't matter how early or late you rise, there can be Absalom. So what is your Absalom that's keeping you from the more of God? And so here he was, and he says, what city are you from? And he would say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. That's a lie. So lies come and say, you can't get to God. You can't hear from God. You, John's the only one. You need to go Sunday and hear John. No, friends, let me tell you, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to hear God for yourself. See, it's, you can't go from sermon to sermon to sermon. You need to go from his word to his word to his word. Not just from message to message to message. I'm not asking you what's the last podcast you went to, what's the last conference you went to, who laid hands on you, who gave you prophet. When was the last time you just sat at his feet? Nobody around, no voices, nobody knew, nobody knew your time. It wasn't on Instagram, it wasn't on Facebook, you didn't put it on Snapchat. It was just you and God sitting at his feet. When was the last time? What is your Absalom that's keeping you from those three things? Worship, prayer, and the word. You can go around, make orphanages, be high and lifted up, friends, but it's about knowing him. God knows people that we don't know. They're not famous, they're not famous, but they're intimate with him. I'd rather be intimate than well-known by people. 
So here's Absalom. He's standing by the way, and they're going to see the king. When you're going to see the king, Jesus, David is a type and shadow of Jesus. So they're on their way to see the king. But Absalom says, why are you here? Oh, there's no one from the king to hear you. Oh, if I were king, then you would have your case. See, worry says, come see me. Oh, if you worry more, then you'll solve it. Reasoning says, no, 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 you're coming to see the king. You don't need to see the king. Absalom was a liar. But Absalom ended up dying with three spears, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's time we drove three spears through his heart. You could read the story because he was on a tree, but he wasn't on a tree like Jesus. Friends, there's only one Jesus. Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right. See, it sounds good, and Absalom is convenient because he listens to you now. Worry, doubt, unbelief. Mom said, dad said, listens to you now, but we need to go see the king. It's not always convenient to see the king. You need to shut your phone off. You need to say, I don't listen to you. No, I, I can't talk on the phone for 15 hours. No, I'm sorry. I can't hear about your unforgiveness for 100 times. No, I'm going to see the king, and nothing can distract me. So what is your Absalom? And some of you, it's multiple Absaloms. And I'm not just talking about sin. I think, if, you know, there's a saying, if, God can't get you to, if Satan can't get you to sin, he'll distract you. I think more Christians are distracted than in sin. They're distracted by what he said and she said in conferences and good, good things. Because at that time, it seemed Absalom was handsome and healthy and he was good, and it seemed good to talk to him. And you're talking to him one-on-one, and he's hearing your case now. Absalom would say, oh, that I were, oh, that I were made judge in the land, trying to be God. Friends, there's one God. It's not the word without the logos. It's not the church without Jesus. There's People go to church for their whole life, and they never know him. He says, oh, if I were judge, I will replace David. And Satan says, I'll replace Jesus. And worry says, I'll replace that. I'll doubt that. I'll, how do you feel? Your feelings. No, we need to go to the word. Again, he didn't ask me, John, do you like Kevin? It's not about how we feel about a situation, friends. It's about what he feels. And then he would say more, but someone would say, oh, that I were made judge in the land. And everyone who had his, any suit or cause would come to me. Then I would give him justice. And so it was. Whenever anyone, say anyone, we're all susceptible to Absalom's. It doesn't say the uneducated, people with PhDs, friends. At the end of your life, it'll not be what you intended to do. It'll be what you did. It'll not be, I wish I could have, I read so many books on prayer. I wish I could go back. Every book I read on prayer, I just I wish I would have prayed. Just reading the books on prayer. I just wish I would have prayed. It's not at the end of your life. It's not what you intended to do. It's what you did. Not what you intended to give, where you intended to go, who you intended to help. It's what you actually did. And he says, I would give him justice, and so it was. Whenever anyone came to bow down to him, that he would put on his hand and take him and kiss him. When you go to Absalom, you're bowing down to him, and you're saying, you rule over me, not Jesus. And so it was, when everyone came to bow down to him, in this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel, and it's just an act. Who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He stole it from the king. And I'm saying anyone can be, their heart can be stolen. And if you think it's not you, it is you. You are susceptible, so worship, prayer, and the word. And when I say the word, I'm talking about the living word, Jesus. And when you come to him, he he says, my words are spirit and they are life. And as charismatics, why do we seek revival? Because we're word people. Why do we go from glory to glory? Because we're word people. People say the spirit and the word like it's two separate things. Oh, we have a healing meeting. Oh, that's not. And, and then we're going to preach the word. It's the word. Friends, the only reason we move in the spirit is because we have the word, the living word. And so they work together in tandem. Here's why. You could say, John, that's a great message. But if you don't recognize the absoms in your life, you won't say no. You won't say no. 
Tomorrow morning when God puts it on your heart to speak with him, you just go right back to Absalom. Oh, yeah, you, 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 oh, here, here, here's worry. Yeah, worry. What do you have to say, worry? I'm going to meet King Jesus. David's a type and shadow. I'm going to meet Jesus, but then I'm going to Absalom. And he says, no, no, come here. And he stood by the way. He's next to Jesus, and he rose early for everybody. See, he rose early. Anybody that was keeping his goal was to steal the hearts of the people. He talked to everybody, and they said, oh, Absalom's good. If you go to Absalom, no, 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 no. If you go to this conference, Kirk, if you go, if, if he lays hands on you, it's time we went back to the living Logos, and that's Jesus. And so he stole the hearts of the people, little by little, day by day. When was the last time you just worshipped? I'm not talking about on Sunday morning. If you only worship on Sunday morning, you are not a worshiper. You worship. That's like me putting concrete. Oh, no, no, I'm not a concrete worker. That's what I did. No, no, no. It's, it's, worship is who you are. Friends, in heaven, there will be no time. But if you could put time in 17 billion years, when 17 billion years comes, no one will come and say, all right, stop worshiping. It's forever. It's forever. So what's the Absalom in your heart that has stolen you from worship, prayer, and the word? What is it? You have to recognize it. For some of you, you think, I don't understand it. I, I can't understand it. But when you sit at his feet like an eighth grader, you can understand. I didn't even drive. People far smarter than me. You go to the Mormon church today, you can walk in, PhD, doctor, dentist, lawyers. But you won't find a John Artzer there. Because I went to the living Logos. I didn't go, oh, I know, Kevin. I said, no, I have to go ask the king. And Absalom was standing there and said, come here. There's fun for you. There's camping trips for you. His dad's nicer. But I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to the king. So, Lord, we need to go to you again. We need a reset. We need a reset. There is only one reason I'm not preaching in the Mormon church and a bishop today. Because I went to the king. Do not let distractions steal your heart. Do not let worry. Do not let doubt. Do not let ignorance. So, Jesus, we come to you again. We come to you again, and Absalom was riding a mule, the Bible says, and Jesus rode a mule. He's trying to be like Jesus. And Absalom, the Bible says, was caught in a tree. Jesus was hung on a tree. He's trying to be like Jesus. Three spears went through his heart. A spear went through Jesus. He's trying to be like Jesus. What's Jesus to you? Is it that next conference? Is it that money? Is it this job? Is it this relationship? Is it that sin? God, we need a reset. We don't need more knowledge, God. We need to drain ourselves of some of the knowledge that we have and go again like little children. There is only one reason John Archer is not sitting in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints today. It's because I went to the living Logos and said, Lord, show me your way. Shoot, I had many friends go to that church. They had, you don't have money, they'll pay your way. John, come skiing, come to the beach, come to the mountains. No, 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 I'm going to go talk to the one that created the mountains. I'm going to go talk to the one that talked to the beach because it's time for us to take the Absaloms out of our heart. And for some of you, it's been a long time because it was day by day. He rose early and he stood by the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's Absalom by the way. And says, come here. There's no one from the king that can hear you. And God says, I hear you. I'm living. 
I hear your prayers. I know your desires. I know your future. I know who you are, and I know who I am. When Moses thought his life was over and he was just living in the mundane, Moses turned to the side and saw the burning bush, and he says, Moses, Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm telling you who I am, Moses. And then he says, take off your shoes. I don't want anything man-made between you and me. See, man made shoes, and I made the ground, and I made you, so what I made can be with what I made, but any man-made thing, there needs to be separation. Any man-made doctrine, God, any man-made religion, any man-made, man-made words, words that mom said, dad said, generation said, words that I thought that I can't understand, I can't preach like them, I can't. You can do anything he called you to do because he's the one that empowers you to do it. So may the ministry that he's given me, it's not my ministry, encourage you to hear him more, to know him more, not to be amazed about preaching. 50 billion years, put a line on it in heaven. No one will say, oh, that's enough worship. Let's hear from John Wesley now. Let's hear from the Apostle Paul. No, it'll be about Jesus, and Jesus says your kingdom come. And what does he say? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what's in heaven? Jesus is at the center. So, Lord, let your will be done on earth. Let your kingdom come as, you, as it is in heaven, and you're in the center. So put us again in the center of your heart. So today we kill Absalom in the name of Jesus. He hung on a tree, but the tree was not Calvary, friends. He's trying to be Jesus, and he stood by the way. And he stole the hearts of the men. Why? He didn't, he just, when he steals your heart out of your, the abundance of the heart, everything goes back to the heart. When he stole your heart, he has your life. When he steals your heart, he has your, lies, your eyes. When he steals your heart, he has your time. When he takes your heart, he has your money. It's the heart. That's why it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Now, I go to conferences. I love to prophesy. I got a meeting coming up, and I'll prophesy and do all those things, friends. But it's not ever to replace sitting with the living Logos. I don't sit with him to get messages. Give me a message, Jesus. No, Lord, show me who you are more, because I don't know. I know nothing. I'm coming to you again as the eighth grader did, not as the one that studied the word, not as the one that has hours and hours of reading the word, and I've gotten away from it because I started reading. I love to read. I started reading all these other books, and I need a reset in my life because, okay, I've read all these other books. Now I'm going to sit again at the, the feet of the Logos, not for a season but for life. Lord, let us reset our lives today and go back to your feet. And when Absalom says, come here, come here, come here, he says, no, no, I can't even talk to you. Some of you should not even have a conversation. When worry says, come sit in that familiar seat. When distraction says, come, you've always sat here. No, 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 you can sell the chair because I'm not going to sit there any longer. So, Lord, I thank you for giving back our heart that was stolen in any area, in any situation. And God, let us not think that we're above that. Let us not think, oh, I don't need that. Worship, prayer, and the word. And Absalom stood by the way. And he rose early. And Jesus would rise early to pray. And there's Absalom rising early. Hey, as early as you can, as late as you go, there's Absalom. He's at work, he's in your car, there's Absalom. No, no, listen to this music, watch this Netflix, spend this time, do, do what you've always done. Then you will know him as you've always known. But if you want to know him more, it's time to kill the Absaloms. So we take the three spears, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we drive him through his heart today. So Lord, I thank you for bringing up the Absaloms in our life and reminding us that when these come up, because it's not about today, friends, it's about tomorrow, it's about Tuesday, it's about Wednesday, oh, I need to go do that thing. 
And God says, you need to sit with me. And as you sit with him and spend time with him, it's amazing what happens. All of a sudden, that problem gets solved. This, But he doesn't tell you, if you sit with me, I'll solve it. He just says, sit with me. And as you sit with him, it's one of the benefits. If you just come to him for the answer, it's a wrong motive. But if you just come to know him, then all of a sudden, it's amazing how he's a debtor to no man. Any moment you spend with him, he, he gives back in multiple ways. He does not owe anybody. No one will be able to stand before Jesus and say, you owe me. When you really see the price you pay, say, God, I have no questions for you. So I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.